As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. On Saturday, Wrexham reached their cliched Hollywood ending with promotion back to the promised land of the English Football League. And as emotions poured out of owners Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney, as much as the fans on the pitch the questions began to be asked about their future. So then, EFL, welcome to Wrexham. Can anyone stop them? And is the Premier League a realistic goal? I'm Ian Irving and this is the Athletic Football Podcast. This is what it all comes down to. One win tomorrow evening against Boreham Wood here at the racecourse ground and we will have ended 15 years of her and we will be back promoted into the English Football League. Looking to wriggle away and get his shot off! Special goal on Wrexham's big day! Final seconds at the race course. All eyes on the referee. Champions! Rexha are promoted. They have their storybook ending. I, I don't, I'm not sure I can actually process what happened uh, tonight. I'm, I'm still a little speechless. Emotion doesn't come around very often. Moments like this don't come around very often. You need to save them, you do. You've got to enjoy them. Well, I think we can hear how it feels to the town and that's what's most important to us. I think this is a moment of catharsis for them and celebration and for us to be welcomed into their community and to be welcomed into this experience has been the honor of my life. I want all the supporters who kind of had these tough times supporting the club to enjoy it, really embrace tonight. They've got amazing owners, amazing owners, or we've got amazing owners who have been so supportive to me uh, in this football club. And uh, yeah, for all those supporters who've followed the club over the last 15 years, I want them to enjoy tonight. Luke Young and Ben Toza will lift the trophy together. Back to the football league they go. Wrexham are the 2023 National League champions.
Right, joining me to discuss football's biggest story from The Athletic is our senior football news reporter, Matt Slater, and Richard Sutcliffe, or Sutty, as I'll refer to him throughout this uh, podcast we've just been introduced, uh, is also here, our Wrexham correspondent. And yes, we do now have a Wrexham correspondent because, Sutty, it's absolutely needed, isn't it? What a ride this is. Absolutely, absolutely. It's obviously... Not, well, I started the season at Sheffield United and I thought I'd end the season there with them chasing promotion. But obviously uh, the story at Wrexham, it's just, you know, it's fantastic to cover. It really is. Yeah, statistically more eyeballs on their game against Notts County than Arsenal against Liverpool. Incredible that, isn't it? Absolutely phenomenal. And it lived up to the hype as well, you know, with obviously the last minute penalty save to win 3-2 with two teams at 100 points. People who did tune in, you'd think, yeah, they'll, they'd like to have another bite of the cherry later on. Yeah, definitely. I mean, how different is it covering Wrexham now than than any of the other clubs you, you've covered in in your career? Because the football's interesting, clearly, and we'll get into that, of course, as well. But the amount and the depth of stories around this club as well, it, it, it's non-stop, isn't it? It is. I don't you know. Match days are really interesting because you sort of get there and you you know you start to think, well, I wonder which film stars might be here today. You know, there's been all sorts. There's been obviously Will Ferrell. I was there. I had the pleasure of spending the day with him when he when he came across, but. Obviously, Paul Rudd was there on last Saturday. We've had the cast of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. We're there on the Tuesday against Yeovil. There's been, you know, stars from The Crown. There's been all sorts. And, you you know, you need to know who's there, really, which I've, I've never had when you're turning up at Bramall Lane. Obviously, Sean Bean might be there. But that's about as far as it gets. Did you manage to grab a pint with Will Ferrell in the turf? I didn't go in the turf with him, no, but I had lunch with him then in the in the director's box. So it was... Uh, it was okay. It was, yeah, yeah, it was... Uh, a bit, uh, one of the more unusual Saturdays I've had. Wheelston at home as well. You wouldn't expect that from a fixture like that. <laughs> Not at all. Matt, you need a piece of this action, don't you? Well, South End. We're working on it. Well, yeah, I don't yeah, yeah. meant going to Wrexham, but actually now you've mentioned I've it, been to yeah. Wrexham. <laughs> that sounds like an old joke, doesn't it? I've been to Wrexham. No, I have. I've been a number of times. I've, I, have, I have witnessed the hysteria. It is a remarkable thing to behold. Now, you know what football fans are like. They can be a bit mean and prickly. But uh, if you go, I think, and you are fair-minded, you cannot help but be impressed. Impressed with these guys, these, these sort of outsiders that have come in. They've done it right. And I also think you cannot help but be pleased for Wrexham fans because they are not some artificial construct. Wrexham are a, a perfectly good, solid football club that have been punching below their weight for quite some time. They represent their, their town, their region fantastically well. They have considerable upside and ceiling. So it was a very, very wise investment on the part of Reynolds and McAhenney. Yeah, right now, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with, with the Wrexham story and I'm incredibly impressed from a sort of sports business point of view. Yeah, definitely. And I think we will get into the numbers because they do tell a story of their own, in a sense, about what Ryan and Rob have done there. Um, Sutty, is it plastic? Because actually, when you look at, and I, said, I mentioned it before, the depth of some of the tales around this club and, and the difference that the two of them are making in the area as well as at the football club, it doesn't feel plastic in any way, actually. Quite the opposite. No, I don't think it is plastic. I think, you know, it's, I think that's a big part of the appeal that it is a real thing, you know, and as they go higher, and obviously they're building a new stand, which won't be open for next season, it will be the season after, take it to 16,000, and you know they'll fill the ground then, and then they'll be shot, you know, if, if they keep going as well progressing-wise, 
there'll be demand to maybe you know do up one of the other stands you know because there is a demand there there's that it's a football yeah, town. The social media numbers speak for themselves, don't they? If not, the crowd attendances, uh, which do too. Right, let's get into the story of their future then, Matt, and Wrexham's journey into the EFL. We've, we've established that you are a Southend United fan, a, a suffering mm-hmm. Southend United mm-hmm. fan at the moment. Um, but obviously, you've had experience of the Football League as a journalist. You know about it extensively as well. Just for anyone listening to this, maybe who's not completely sure of exactly how this works and the differences really, what is the basic difference from going from the National League into League Two, into the English Football League? Once upon a time, we had 92 professional clubs across four divisions, Premier League, Championship League 1, League 2. It used to be called Div 1, 2, 3, 4. Right? And then that was really where professional full-time football stopped. Below that level, you have this enormous nationwide pyramid that feeds into the professional game. Well, we're talking about teachers, policemen, students, bin men, you name it. Journalists? Yeah, journos. We've all had a go, right? And we play at every level and we're all, well, we could have just, you know, (laughs) I I, I got a bad knock or uh, if I, you know, I just took the wrong decision or coach didn't like me, whatever, right? We've all got our stories. That was that. Now, what has happened over my lifetime is... Non-league football has got increasingly professionalised. You know, football's just got bigger. Teams that used to be complete amateurs have gone now semi-pro. Teams that used to be semi-pro are now pro. And we now have a fifth tier, a fifth division, the National League, that actually has helped foster this, has gone basically full-time, gone, gone pro. So from a football point of view, history point of view, there's, there's, there's not much difference now. Crucially, I think there is still some overhanging differences from the old days right so the the main one is there's almost there's very little regulation below the 92 in the national league so there's no salary control there's no salary caps so Wrexham have been able to pretty much spend what they like but they're not the only ones loads of clubs have done it Notts County are spending a fair bit Salford City of course in the past have and and and, and other clubs have as well they go next year into what is called the salary cost management protocol which is a soft salary cap basically that exists in league one and league two and off the top of my head i think it's 55 percent. i think you can spend 55 percent of your turnover of your of your revenue so the lot everything you bring in through tickets tv money commercial which will be very important i think for Wrexham, you can spend on your playing budget so that's just your playing budget not your overall budget so they can have as many chief execs and marketing people as they like. So that that is, I think, the only real difference. Yep, they're going to be playing against bigger, more established teams. But like we've said, Wrexham have got a decent past. They've certainly got really good players. They've got an EFL-ready squad. They've got an EFL-ready management team. And they've got Hollywood superstar owners. So that ho- hopefully I've done the main bits. I, I, I don't think, because I've watched a lot, there's a huge amount of difference between being a really good National League team and being a... a a competitive League Two team straight away. From that basis then, Sussy, do you see Wrexham going into League Two and and being comfortable and, and getting promoted again? Do you think it's a an obvious progression, an obvious next step for them, or is it more complicated than that? No, I, I do. I think they'll I think if well if, if Notts County come up with them as well, and uh, you know, obviously there's a hell of a long way to go with that in regards to the playoffs. I think they'll both go through that division quite quite I won't say easily, because nothing's easy in football, but you know, I look through the, um, the you know, the 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 Wrexham squad, and they have bought EFL players. 
and I, I worked out the, they've got 15 EFL promotions within the squad at the moment. The most two recent were Paul Mullin, who finished as the top goal scorer in League Two in 2021. And Ben Tozer is the captain. He went up with Crawley in the same year as well. So it's, it's recent promotions as well. Matt's right as well with the 55% salary cap. People will say, oh, yeah, well, that'll have to rein in the spending. The total opposite happens because their budget is going to be so... Sorry, their turnover will be bigger than any other team in League Two. The the, the crucial thing that's going to happen this summer is that the um, the big sponsorship deals are up for renewal. So like that, they have TikTok on the shirts, they have Expedia, they have all sorts of blue chip companies... And when they signed those deals in 2021, you couldn't accurately say this documentary is going to do so well. You're going to get so much exposure out of it. After the success on Disney and FX over in over in the States, they can now go to these blue chip companies and say, look, you've got this amount, you know, this amount of exposure. Everybody's seen TikTok on our shirts. Ryan Reynolds is always wearing the gear with it on, that sort of thing. In the accounts which have just come out 20 for 21-22, they earned a million pounds in sponsorship. For, you know, for the total year, which was the first year of these new deals, I would expect you're looking at tripling that at least because just because you know people want to be associated with a success story. So that's going to be a big thing. So say say their turnover goes up to ten million next year, that's five and a half million pounds on the on your wage bill for your players. That's 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 huge for a for a league like League Two. So they're going to be able to strengthen this summer, and you know that's you know Matt's right. It has been the Wild West down in the National League because you can do anything you want down there. But this isn't a straight jacket they're walking into. This is this is something they're going to be really comfortable wearing, and I think that's I think that's why they're going to go through this division. And I think the interesting stuff comes in League One for me. Yeah, in terms of the standard and and how they compete against that. The, the other side of this, Matt, actually, is that whilst there are success stories of of teams coming from non-league, uh, as we've uh, we, we've called it, into the football league, spending money, being ambitious. And the cautionary tales, aren't they? I'm thinking Macclesfield, I'm thinking Barnet, Mansfield, mm-hmm. Russian and Diamonds even yeah. further back. How wary do Wrexham need to be of, of those stories or are they more looking at Luton and Lincoln and yeah. the teams that are pushed on? Yeah, I'd, I'd go with that, to be honest. I mean, you're right. It doesn't always work. Of course it doesn't. Snakes and ladders. That's the, that, is, that is the jeopardy. That is what Rob, you know, that's what Ryan Reynolds bought into. He talks that's about what it all we're all buying time. into yeah, at times, isn't it, really? He yeah. talks about storytelling all the time. Right, and there are so many cautionary tales out there, and I think you know they, they are worth worth mentioning. But you know, all of those clubs, ne- nearly every crisis club, there are there are some sort of very general things about them, but then they're nearly always very some you know specifics as well. And um, and I've covered a lot of those stories, and they all have very specific reasons why it didn't really work for them. I see Wrexham. I'm looking at you know recent teams that have gone up. So Stockport are a good example. So Stockport have a good fan base. They're up the road from me here. I live in Macclesfield. Uh, they're owned by a very wealthy guy. They had some history, good EFL history, nice little patch. And with good decisions, money, investment, good group, they are flying, right? They're doing really, really well. Wrexham are better than Stockport. Sorry, Stockport fans. They, they, they are. You know, I've seen both. Both of them are beaten South End. I looked a lot at Lincoln. Now, Lincoln, again... Well run, got some got quite good money behind them, quite a good story. They've made lots of good things, lots of good decisions. Now, they've got a little bit stuck in League One, and, and, and we, we shall see how that goes. Luton, I think, is another really good example. Again, 
perhaps Luton's perhaps not very well known to people outside the UK, but it's a big place, has a good history, has done well in the past, fell on very, very hard times. It, it, it's, it gets a bit squeezed by its geography, lots of rivals. Its ground is very dilapidated. They're trying to sort of sort that out, and I think they will. But they were rescued by their fans. And they have been so well run. And they are, I would say, the poster child of a National League success story. You know, they are knocking on the door of the, of, of the, of the Premier League. And what a story they will be. So then I started to think about, all right, so who are Wrexham more like? Are they more like Mac Berry, those sorts of claims, Russian and Diamonds, which was an artificial construct? Or are they more like a real team with a solid base, good decision making, money and the potential of more money? down the line as this as this snowball starts to grow i i'm thinking more like luton i think wrexham have genuine really high ceiling and then it's like well okay if they're more like luton why aren't they like brentford why aren't they like bournemouth what's the difference between those clubs and there isn't really not really it's getting a good group good manager three four years of good decisions Investment at the right time. Wrexham could be a Brentford. Why, why not? Wrexham could even be a Brighton. I know that might sound like a bit of a stretch right now, but the, the, I remember when, when Reynolds and McAhenney made this decision and we, we, to do this thing and we, we did a lot of reporting on it. You know, why? Why Wrexham? And they looked, the, the story's great. I've been mean, go back and have a look at the, the, the stories of how they did. They had like a sort of a long list, 10, 15 clubs. They narrowed it down. They chose Wrexham because of its potential. It basically has half of a country as its potential fan base. We're talking about Wales, three million plus people, right? In the south, Cardiff, Swansea, Newport. North Wales, Wrexham. It's all yours. Now, your rivals are all over there. They're all English. Welsh people are not going to support those teams. They might go watch Everton and Liverpool, you know, just for, you know, because they, you know, but that's only because... Their dads did because that's where the good football was. Why don't they, why not they watch Wrexham when Wrexham are good? So this is the, this is why it was a genius decision. I think they've got incredible upside. And I, I see them as a championship team quite soon, actually. Well, I, you know, I wouldn't want to put what does soon mean, but then you know, they're, they're, then let's see what happens in the championship. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is a paid advertisement from BetterHelp Therapy Online. Do you ever get that feeling that you need to get something off your chest? We all carry around different stresses, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to release and discuss those thoughts and feelings and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, why not give BetterHelp a try? 
It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. All you need to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a licensed therapist. And if things don't click, you can switch to someone new at any time with no additional charge. With over 1,000 therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. And because you listen to this podcast, you can get 10% off your first month of online therapy by heading to betterhelp.com slash athleticfootball. That's betterhel dot com slash athleticfootball with no spaces. The Athletics Podcast Network will have you covered for all the fallout from tonight's huge game at the Etihad as Arsenal take on Manchester City with the Premier League title on the line. First up, the Totally Football Show will be there for your morning commute. The Athletic Football Tactics Podcast will dig deep into where the game was won and lost or drawn. And for Arsenal fans, make sure you check out an unmissable episode of Handbrake Off. The Athletic has you covered. It's been interesting to watch the response in the United States to Wrexham's promotion. I heard about Wrexham through, you know, Ryan and Rob uh, buying the club and everything. And I love the, the underdog story, like watch the documentary. Like my dad and brother are at home doing like a watch party right now. Uh, I ordered my brother like a Mullen jersey for his birthday. And Where are you from? I'm from Maryland. I have to say the... The funniest moment for me was talking to, you know, a bar goer who, you know, I said, how'd you find out about Wrexham? Was it through the show? And he said... Actually, I found out about it first through Ted Lasso. Okay. Uh, because I heard that the boys bought it and then saw on Ted Lasso the, the little running joke. Kind of felt like that guy was the perfect storm of uh, recent pop culture soccer imports to the United States. We went to London originally because we're British citizens. On Saturday at Max Tavern, you know, I spoke to multiple people there, Americans who'd gone to Wales a couple of times this year to watch the, the club. We went to the Dagenham game there, and then we went to a home game in Wrexham and met, like, the most incredible people and just saw, like, the soul of the town, which was so lovely and so loving. And, received like a hundred hugs in one day which was just so beautiful it's like it's a great place so it's easy to root for that we went over in december for boxing day went to the game on boxing day wow. phenomenal hung out the turf obviously the the idea of promotion and relegation and uh, you know a soccer club being over 100 years old is something that's entirely alien to the average soccer fan or sports fan in the united states maybe they feel more a pull of of, you know, they feel the pull of that authenticity and they feel the pull of the sort of storytelling of the show and whatnot. I think what was so beautiful was like the vulnerability of it all and the way that soccer is like a way for, or football, sorry, it's a way for them to sort of like let their hearts out and connect. You know, I mean, you watch the show and they go into a lot of the detail. It's a lot like the same town. Like, like these people, they're like Philly fans, right? I mean, People, you know, they don't like them, they shit on them, but they're they're really proud and they're super passionate. You know, the response to promotion, obviously, amongst people who, who follow the team in the United States was jubilation. I mean, there are people at Max Tavern on, sun, on Saturday who, you know, I saw people crying. I saw people jumping up and down and chanting, we're going up. Those voices you heard there were from Max Tavern in Philadelphia with the Athletics' Pablo Mara there too, bringing home exactly why there is this bond now between Wrexham and Philly. There's a sentence that you wouldn't have thought you'd be saying a couple of years ago. Um, 
Sooty, what do the old school Wrexham supporters think of all of this? What have they they made of Hollywood investment in their team? You know, the members of the supporters trust who who saved the club um, from going bankrupt. What what do what do they actually think about all of this? Really, they're loving it because obviously their team is is winning and it's doing you know what they what they wanted to do. You know, the supporters trust. You know, obviously it's fantastic what they did. And you, you know, like you said, there wouldn't be a club. Does without it still them. feel like their the end, club? It does, yeah, because I always, I must admit, coming in again from the outside, I wondered, because obviously you can't get a ticket for love and the money. You know, that's the one thing, whether it's home or away. And obviously a lot of people are coming in from abroad, which is part of the, the business plan, you know, to, to sell it around. They want, you know, it's become part of the sporting stop-off list. If, you know, people come to London, all of a sudden they don't think anything, they're doing a 400-mile round trip to Wrexham <laughs> just to pop in the turf or, you know, even wander around the outside of the ground. And you, you know, so then you'll go to games, and there's like you know, there's Canadian flags up in the corner, and there's American flags. And I sort of thought, if I was a sort of diehard fan, and but maybe you haven't got a season ticket for whatever reason, you might work on a Saturday, or you might, can't, might not be able to afford it, and you now can't get in, and yet they're getting five tickets here, seven tickets there. I thought there'd be that sort of jealousy, but I've not seen any of it. It really has surprised me that it's 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 really harmonious and. You know, there's there's there's, there's men in, grown grown men in tears on on Saturday night because they won promotion. Fifteen years in non-league, you know, Matt's gonna Matt can empathise with that. And they've only been down a couple of years now. Imagine that, fifteen uh, years for a team like Wrexham. So you know, this is a team who've beaten Porto when they were UEFA Cup holders. You know, the Cup Winners' Cup that's in the eighties. You know, they've they've had the big nights. The, the international football used to be played there. That's another big part of the grand plan yeah. to bring in international football back because. At the moment, if you live in North Wales, you've got a three-hour trip down to Cardiff just to watch your national team. So, it, you know, it's it's all part of the bigger picture. And I, you know, like I say, I I, I was expecting. I thought because you know what it's like if you're into a, if you watch a band and there's 25 people there right at the start of their career, and then they're at Wembley within 18 months, you go around saying, "Oh, I want like this when I were down the Dog and Duck when they were a fantastic band." You know, you've got that. It's that inverted snobber, isn't it? But I've not come across any of that, and it's you know that that that's been. It's, it, that's what makes it even more wholesome to me. It's an amazing thing. Yeah, there does seem a genuine warmth to, to many aspects of the story. And it's great that that comes across on the terraces between supporters as well, to be fair. Let's get back into their climb then up the league, Sutty. In League Two, they could well face Salford City, who, like we've talked about, are a fairly decent example uh, as a comparison, really, to Wrexham. Obviously, they're owned by Gary Neville, Paul Scholes, David Beckham, the, the class of 92 from that successful Manchester United team. They also have very deep pockets, maybe even deeper potentially than than Ryan and Rob, but they seem to have got a little bit stuck in League Two. Is there anything that gives you confidence that they won't be the same, that they, they've got better facilities or that, that there's more potential there for whatever reason that they won't get sort of jammed in League Two? Yeah, Salford is a, an interesting case when you look at it. You know, you, when they came out of non-league, you did expect them at least, you know, to go through to, to League One, if if I'm honest. They do have a ceiling when we're going back to you know, the, the sort of the salary cap of 55%, because, you know, Salford's income, they get 1,800 to sort of 2,200 people each week. That's that's tough in terms of, you know, in terms of that, your income, you know, that you're only going to get a certain amount and you can only then spend 55% of that. I think that's a slight problem. Have they changed managers too much? You know, have the, you know we're on about earlier, you know, your teams like Brentford, and Luton on good decisions, you know, have Salford, you know, made some bad decisions. You know, you're looking at the moment, you know, when you look from the outside, and I, I like going to Salford, I think they're a lovely club. I, 
I love going. They do a different design on the front of the program every game, and they're, you know they're a really friendly club when I've been. But they've chopped and changed managers. That's the perception from the outside. Wrexham could have done that last season. Phil Parkinson, you know, even when you watch the uh, the documentary, there's there's even an episode called Sack the Gaffer? Question mark because they openly discussed should they get rid of him. Fans wanted shut of him in October, November, even though he'd only been there sort of three or four months. But they decided no, we'll stick with him. You know, we brought him in. He's going to need at least two windows to do it. So they showed some patience and then rewarded this season by getting to, what, 110 points, maybe 113 this weekend, which I can't see anybody ever beating in the top five divisions where, you know, Salford have just gone through some very good managers. You know, Richie Wellens has just won the League Two title. You know, that I, I do think that Wrexham are different because, A, they've got the bigger income so they can actually spend more. I think Wrexham are just a little mm. bit different because they've made better decisions. No, I, I'd just jump in there on that, on that Salford, I would say, contrast not comparison. So to go back to the original thing we were talking about, this idea of artificial contracts and plasticness, plasticity, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> Salford City were never liked by neutrals. They were never liked on the way up because they did look like this jumped up thing. I've been, I've had, I've had a good time there as well. You're also talking about immediately the, just how the partisanship of football, right? So the class of 92, Great. May United fans quite like them, but nobody else does. <laughs> so already you're alienating potential audience, okay? Who who doesn't like Ryan Reynolds? Not not, not many, right? I mean, he's he's not he's, he's not an amazing actor, but he's pretty good. He's you know, he's, he's, his films are all kind of watchable. He his self his humor is unbelievably self-deprecating. McAhenney comes across as just this lovely bloke. Wrexham are quite hard. To dislike, unless you're a Chester fan. Now, who, who else dislikes Wrexham? I'm sort of struggling a little bit here. Um, so again, wise choice, right? You're not alienating potential viewers of your documentary, potential consumers of your story, potential viewers of your clips in a way that Salford did on the way up by just being this sort of non-league Galacticos who everyone was like, yeah, but you're a tin pot tiny club. You know, you should be playing in the Northern Premier Counties or whatever it's called. You know, what are you do- what are you doing here and buying? I can't remember who the who the Paul Mullen of their time. It was it was Rooney, wasn't it? It was it was um, that they got from Aberdeen, and it was like, oh my god, this is just ridiculous. And you're like, well, yeah, you could say that about half the Wrexham squad, but it feels more real. It just feels because they're a bigger club. So again, I come back to this point. It was a good choice. Let's look at the team then, Matt. I mean, at the moment, Paul Mullins the star, clearly, for the goals that he scored. But who could be next? Gareth Bale seems to be sort of teasing his way in a little bit. Hi, Rob. Just want to congratulate you on your promotion and everything you're doing at Wrexham. Ben Foster's been a, a brilliant story and an interesting example as well of how players might be attracted to this story. Yeah, and, and why not, right? Because by joining Wrexham, you are joining a sort of massively successful sporting brand. And it reminds me of, um, there's, a, there's sort of a thing going on in the States at the moment where traditionally, like anyone talented, tried to get out of college as soon as they could to get into the pro ranks. But because they've tweaked the rules a bit and they're now enabling talented college athletes to actually earn some money from what they call their name, image and likeness, basically from their image rights. So you are getting people staying longer in college sport because it's better than sitting on the bench in pros and they might not ever even make it as a pro. 
So you're getting these people stretching their college careers. That's a very... The point I'm trying to make here is that Wrexham, I think, are going to attract. It's going to have a pull. It's not going to be, oh my God, I'm stepping down from the championship maybe to League Two. We've already seen people stepping down from League One to National League. People, people I think, will go, well, look, they're on the up. They're on telly. They're all over social media. They pay well. There's a buzz and a vibe there. Yeah. Look, as I think both of us have said, if it's next year or the year after, it's League One. Because just have a look at League One. League One is full, some of them hopefully are going up this year, of good historic clubs with bigger fan bases at the moment and their own histories and stories to tell. Right, Ipswich, Sheffield Wednesday, Derby, Bolton. That's where it gets tough. And, you know, and who knows? I think I think another comparison perhaps to make would be, this is going to seem, I'm not making a direct comparison, but I'm talking about how US ownership groups go. So if you have a look at like the Fenway Sports Group, it, it, it's a stable, right? It's a syndicate. It's like owning a racehorse, right? You bring people in. I can definitely see. This is how Ipswich are owned. This is how lots of the American-owned clubs are. Swansea, I know that's a bad example because they haven't done very well. But you basically invite your mates in and the ownership group will grow as the club grows. So I definitely think there's potential for not only Wrexham, this sort of football project, to kind of take its natural place in the world, which I think is probably League One and, and, and with the additional revenue championship. And then, who like I say, who knows what happens then? But how the ownership group grows, I think, will be interesting to watch as well. Definitely an aspect to keep an eye on. But just a question on the National League post-Wrexham, Matt. What does the league look like? Because they might obviously have Notts County progressing out of the league as well. There's going to be fewer eyes on the league, um, less interest potentially. How do you see the sort of life after Wrexham for the for the division? Yeah, they're going to miss them. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Wrexham have just uh, been this outsized story and the rivalry with Notts County, who are a really good team, by the way, with an unbelievable history. You know, when they went down, they were the oldest professional club in the world. They're the shirt that's inspired Juve's stripes. You know, they've got a wonderful story, Notts County. Been through the mill as well, those fans... So that if both of those two go up and they are by far the best teams, yeah, it looks a lot more like the National League. You know, Rochdale's joining, looks like Hartlepool. Still loads of EFL clubs in there. But look, yeah, it's not, it's not going to be as exciting. It's going to be more like old school, fifth-tier football. <laughs> and it'll be Chesterfield and Halifax and Boreham Wood. And yeah, yeah, it's going to be normal. And Southend are going to win. You, you look, you look as well. They're like next season, like Oldham, the way they finished the season. And this, this is a Premier League yeah. team. You know, these are Premier League founders. That could be the story next season. Right. You know, Oldham coming back. It's, it's a fantastic competition, and you know, Matt's right. It will miss some of the focus and the spotlight. But you know, if Notts County do go up, then Chesterfield will still be there. Southend will still be there. Oldham will still be there. You know, that Fylde are going to come up. I know they're not a, a big name, but they, they, they're ambitious. You know, it'll, it, it'll be fine. It'll be fine as competition and. Uh, and it'll still be having crowds of five, six thousand at, at, at these top clubs. You know, you know, Rochdale, they may do what Oldham did, they may struggle, they may do like Scunthorpe did and go straight through. But 
there'll still be, you know, the, 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 there's still going to be a big name coming down for, for, for a competition like that. So, no, the National League. Yeah, who knows what correspondent you could be this time next year, Sutty. <laughs> Something tells me you'll still be at Wrexham, to be fair. But that's it for today on the podcast. If you want more Wrexham in your life, of course, head to The Athletic. Lots of pieces about lots of different aspects about this Wrexham promotion and the whole story around their Hollywood ownership is on there at the minute, of course. But for the moment, Sutty and Matt, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for listening at home. We'll see you on the next one. Bye-bye. The Athletic.